0: Welcome to the First Prez podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Prez at wwwfirst presidentorg Amen. He's worthy to be praised. Would you open your Bibles with me as we look at Matthew chapter 16 and we uh, begin this series what a soul needs looking in the the middle few chapters of Matthew this summer. This morning we're looking at Matthew 16 verses 24 to 27. Let's pray together as we open God's word. Lord as we open these pages before us, we're looking not to, to read some Dead ancient text, Lord, we're looking to hear from you and we know that by the power of your Holy Spirit you speak your word to us through your holy scriptures to the glory of your name. So open our hearts this morning to receive your word well, to love you deeply, and to know that you love us in Jesus' name, Amen. amen. Matthew 16, verses 24 to 27, hear now the word of the Lord. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they've done. Amen. So here's how Jesus sets it up. On one side, you have the whole world, everything in it, all the wealth, all the land, all the animal kingdom, every power, everything you can possibly imagine at your disposal. And on the other side is your soul. And Jesus says, if you take this and you lose that, it's a bad deal. It's a bad exchange. Your soul is more valuable. It seems like we should pay a little more attention to taking care of our souls. Doesn't it? I have friends who... uh, do the CrossFit exercises, the CrossFit teams, this regime of exercising in all these different disciplines of throwing kettleballs and tires and climbing up ropes and getting up early in the morning. And uh, I'm not sure what kind of psychological deficiency, <laughs> I, I mean, what kind of motivation uh, it takes, but actually the people who get involved in that, they talk about how rich the community is, how confident they are, how good it feels. Uh, but CrossFit, CrossFit, what about soul fit? Uh, CrossFit says a body is healthy when it is agile, strong, flexible, powerful and coordinated. I mean, you go there and they know what you're trying to, to do. Well, how about the soul? What about A soul. When is a soul healthy? And it isn't when it can chuck a tractor tire 12 feet. What is it? How do we care for our soul? What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Your soul is the deepest part of you, it's the foundation, it's the root, it's the core, that part of you that goes on and on and on no matter what happens to your body, even no matter what happens to your mind, the soul is deeper than those. It's more fundamental to your being. Most problems are soul problems. Most problems are soul problems. We don't always realize it, but, but if, if the soul rots out, then nothing else will stay healthy. The soul is at the foundation. If there are problems at the foundation, at the very base, then the whole structure is in jeopardy. You can't build anything on a faulty foundation. Have you ever been hiking and tried to build one of those uh, piles of rocks? They call call them cairns along the side of the trail. Well, if you start with a, a rock at the base that's all wobbly, It doesn't matter what you do on the way up. There's no amount of of counterbalance, no amount of shift at the top of that that can make up for an unsteady foundation at the bottom. Your mind, your, your body, your will, they're all founded on your soul at the very bottom. Your soul is your deepest you. Now, if the soul is not at peace, it gets restless, it gets anxious, it gets unsteady, and it begins seeking satisfaction in all kinds of different ways. You may have heard how the mathematician Blaise Pascal said, there is a God-shaped hole in your heart. Have you ever heard that? Now, actually, that's not exactly how he said it. That's kind of the tweetable version of what Blaise Pascal said. Blaise Pascal is a mathematician, a philosopher. Here's how he said it. What else does this craving and this helplessness proclaim but that there was once in man a true happiness of which all that now remains is the the empty print and trace? This he tries in vain to fill with everything around him, seeking in things that are not there the help of he cannot find in those that are. See, the things that are there are not filling the hole, so he's seeking in the things that aren't there, always seeking to try to fill this gap, though none can help, since this infinite abyss can be filled only with an infinite and immutable object. In other words, by God himself. It's an infinite gap. It can only be filled by an infinite being There's a God-shaped whole. Most problems are soul problems. They're problems that emerge when we have no peace in our soul and we're out there running around trying to find satisfaction, trying to find peace. We're striking out, looking for anything and everything to possibly satisfy the soul because the things at hand are not doing it. And so we drive on past them and we wonder, what will it be? What could possibly fill The gap. But what the soul, which is eternal, what the soul actually needs is a God who is eternal to settle and found it on something solid. The little stands on which we try to rest our souls are just too wobbly and and weak to rest an eternal object like the human soul. Only God can rest our souls. Only God can satisfy your soul. Only God is a foundation strong enough, solid enough. Only the hands of the living God are sure and steady enough to keep your soul, to bring you peace. We've seen soul problems, haven't we? Have you seen a soul problem? In his book, Soul Keeping, John Orberg gives us a great illustration of this problem, the lost soul problem. See, most problems are soul problems. And here's how he describes it. He says, to lose my soul means I no longer have a healthy center that organizes and guides my life. I am a car without a steering wheel. It doesn't matter how fast I can go because I am a crash waiting to happen doesn't matter how fast. Imagine, imagine a car careening down the highway with no steering wheel, you know? And for a while, the driver feels great. I'm making great progress. I'm gonna put the pedal to the metal. I know I'm gonna, I'm gonna get somewhere. Crash. Collapse. How's your soul? How, how's your, most problems are soul problems. Sometimes soul problems produce an enormous and embarrassing collapse, a huge public display, a public scandal, a failed marriage, a sudden exposure of a private and secret life. All of a sudden, everything's lost. Other times, though, a soul problem just quietly disintegrates a person as they try day by day to dull the, the ache of an unsatisfied soul. Listen, most problems are soul problems. In fact, if you're a note taker, if you like to write down, I want you to write down two things to think about this week and as we continue the series. The first one is this. Number one, most problems are soul. See, you're already there. That's the hard stuff. That's the bad news. Now, here's the good news. Number two God loves your deepest you. God loves your deepest you. The deepest you is your soul. God loves your deepest you. And when I say God loves, I'm not just talking about an affectionate feeling, warm feelings. Uh, Love is much more than just how I feel about someone and how they make me feel about myself. Love is when we sacrifice for the well-being of another. So when I say God loves, Loves your deepest you. I'm not talking about warm affections. I'm talking about God's investment. God is active loving you. I'm saying that God stands ready to intervene and bring health to your soul. I'm saying that God cares about how your soul is doing, how your soul health is doing. God is invested and even self-sacrificing in sending His Son, Jesus Christ. He's even self-sacrificing for the health and the well-being of your soul. God loves your deepest you. He talks about it all the time. Look at our passage this morning. Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Jesus wants us to know there's no greater concern than the concern for your soul. No greater concern than the well-being of your soul. Not just where your soul will go after you die, but how your soul is doing right now. This is where we need to concentrate a little bit. how, How do we know if our souls are okay? What's a healthy soul? How do you care for your soul? Jesus makes clear this first and most important point. No matter what else you do, where else you go, what else you gain or lose... Your soul will not be at peace until it rests on a solid and eternal foundation. Your soul will not cease its rumbling and tumbling and bumbling along until it is seated firmly in the eternal hands of the living God. Whoever wants to be my disciple says Jesus must deny himself and take up his cross. She must deny everything about herself and take up her cross. Jesus said this to the people around them at a time when they didn't have to look very far to see a person actually hanging on a cross of wood. He says, look, this is what it looks like. This is not partial Commitment. This is total commitment. It's your whole self. It's your whole life. It's your whole soul that Jesus is after, not some sideways passing interest in a little bit of religion. No, Jesus says, if you want to follow me, it's your whole life given over, like passing through death on a cross. It's your whole soul placed in my hands and mine alone. Dale Bruner says, here Jesus spells out the crucial motive in discipleship, risking one's life on the dare that Jesus is it. It's the whole life. Soul health is possible because God loves the deepest you. He loves your deepest you, but it means putting your whole self in the hands of God. God. And trusting your soul to Jesus. Jesus goes on, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. I want to give you uh, Dale Bruner, One New Testament Scholar's translation. Whoever wants to save one's life will ruin it. Ruin it by running around doing the things that you think you know to do, the things that you think you want to do to keep this together. Whoever wants to save one's life under their own energy, under their own impulses, they'll, they'll ruin it. But whoever throws one's life away out of devotion to me will actually save it. Whoever throws their life into the hands of Jesus will actually save it. Your soul, your soul is the most prized possession that you have. It's the most valuable thing that you have. Your soul is eternal. It will either spend eternity with God in the joys of union with God in Christ, with joy and light and life forever, or your soul will will spend eternity separated from God in darkness, in isolation, in the pain, the, the unimaginable and eternal pain of being separated from God and His light but your soul's eternal, what I'm saying is eternity is the lifespan of the soul. Eternity. What do you have more important than that? What do you have that could possibly be more valuable than something that's eternal, that goes on forever? Your soul's your most valuable object. Now, when you think about your most prized possession, where do you keep it? You keep it in a safe or you keep it locked up at the bank with guards and cameras and Laser traps, you know. (sniffs) What about your soul? Where are you going to keep it? How are you going to keep it safe? The Lord is your keeper, says Psalm 121. The Lord is your keeper. He will keep you from all evil. He will keep Your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and and forevermore. Where should you keep your soul? You should entrust it into the hands of the living God. (laughs) You should entrust it into the hands of Jesus. He's the only one worthy, proven worthy, to keep it safe and to keep it forever and to hold on to it for all eternity. Because if you lose your soul, if you lose it, what do you you have to buy it back? How could you possibly regain it? What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? You know, I bet you've heard a story. You know a story of someone lying on their death, some great leader, some some great uh, magnate, some business leader or famous person lying on their bed. The end of their life and saying, uh, I would give it all away if I could have my soul back. Now, you could scratch off every accomplishment. You could take everything away I've ever earned. You could take away every award if I could just have, you know, I think I forfeited my soul. If I could just have, have had in my lifetime a healthy, thriving full, joyful soul that was a blessing to those around me, that was a joy to those around me instead of of spending my life with a, a blighted, withered soul that was always a drain on all my family and friends. I wish I could have my soul back. Well, what do you have to buy it back? Nothing. How much money? How much fame? How much notoriety? None of that. If you lose your soul, put your soul where it is finally and eternally safe. Put your soul, and you can this very morning, put your soul in the hands of Jesus. Most problems are soul problems, but soul health is possible because God loves your deepest you. And the first step of all this, the first step is to entrust your soul to Jesus, to entrust it entirely into his hands and when it seems impossible, remember who, who is it that models this for us? Who is it that led the way? Who is it who, who knows what it means to, to give it all away, to lay down his life, to carry his cross, to give his life for the well-being and the salvation of a soul? Who is it? Who are we following? Jesus, who died for you and he can walk with you as you follow his way to give your life over into his hands where he can keep your soul, not just for the days that were allotted to walk this earth, lovely as they are, but for eternity. I recently heard the story of a a pastor speaking of CrossFit who wanted to be more fit, you know, enough of the lunches, enough of the donuts, enough of the stressors, that we're all making his belt buckle disappear and oh, lop over disease isn't that what it's called? <laughs> and so he uh, so he hired a trainer, started working with a trainer, and after the first couple of weeks, he was making real progress. I mean, the, the most of the soreness went away. He could do more things than than he could do before. He was feeling really good. And on the eighth week he was feeling incredible progress. And in fact he was thinking that morning as he woke up, I think I might just dismiss this trainer and just keep going with all this momentum that I've got. I feel great. And so he came in and he said to the trainer, hey, you know what we forgot? You know what we forgot? We forgot to take a before picture a couple of months ago when I started on all this. And and now that's gone. So we can't see the progress. And the trainer looked him up and down and said, Oh, we can still take it. (laughs) Soul health might be a little further away than we realize. It might take a sustained effort, it might take a long-term eye, a long-term commitment, some long-term changes and steady training, but listen, Your soul is worth it. It's worth your attention. It's worth your care. You are worth it. God loves your deepest you. He wants to see you thriving and healthy, not only for you, but for those around you, for those around you who will benefit from your peace, from your steady and and peaceful spiritual foundations in Christ that are dug down deep. On the rock. And not only for you and not only for those around you, but God has invested in the health of your soul for His own glory. For it's God who shapes a soul after the likeness of His Son Jesus Christ to reflect His glory, His beauty, His truth, His goodness. For you, for those around you, for the glory of God. Most problems are soul problems, but God loves your deepest you, and He is able to carry you from here to healthy. And so when it comes down to who is able, whose glory, we close with this from Jude chapter 1, to Him who is able to keep you, from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the only god our savior be glory majesty power and authority through jesus christ our lord before all ages now and forevermore amen amen, amen. amen. let's pray lord jesus we neglect our our deepest selves Too often we think that by counterbalancing something up the line of the structure of our lives, we can make corrections, we can find peace. Too often we're striving, Lord, trying to find different things to fill the gap in our lives, but we know that you, Lord, you care for our deepest selves, you love us at the very core, and you can bring peace. And so, Lord, for everyone in the sound of my voice this morning, for everyone who's heard this message and has wondered in their heart if any of it is true, Lord, I pray that your scripture would rest on their heart right now, that they would know the truth of what you said, Lord Jesus Christ, when you said anyone who would try to save his own life is going to lose it, but if you give it to me, if you throw it on my hands, I can keep it forever and ever. And I pray that they would have the courage, Lord, to put their soul directly in your loving and kind. And faithful and eternal hands. May it happen right now and last for eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.